Welcome to Stay Grounded with your host, me, Raj Jana. I'm the founder of Java Press Coffee Company, and my life changed after my mentor died with three months left until retirement. That experience inspired me to start a personal journey to discover how we can all live a purpose-driven and meaningful life starting today. I interview everyone from best-selling authors and business moguls to extreme athletes and monks to discuss happiness, success, and fulfillment to uncover powerful takeaways that empower you to stay grounded and make passionate living a reality. To access post-podcast discussions, insights, and further resources, visit rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded. So thanks for joining me today. Now, let's get to grinding. Yo, welcome to this week's episode of Stay Grounded. Hope you guys are having a great day so far. Hope you guys are taking a few moments each day to stay grounded in yourself and find some sense of stillness, peace, clarity, and love underneath all this chaos. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of weirdness happening right now. And, you know, maybe things won't be exactly the same for a while, maybe never. Um, and I'm starting to find a lot of peace and and love in that and surrender in that. You know, we've been forced to make rapid, far-reaching adjustments, which are affecting all the areas of our lives. But I think that uh, in all of this, I'm also recognizing that we're not on this journey alone. And when you look beyond the fear, you'll discover opportunities to optimize your life for who you want to be. Maybe take those steps that you've always put on the back burner, finally step into that role. And so uh, this week's guest is Siobhan Moran. So a little background on Siobhan. Siobhan was actually one of my earlier podcast guests. I brought her on way back in the day, and that conversation was amazing. I highly recommend you guys go check that conversation out. But uh, And I'd been wanting to bring her back just because I've grown as a podcaster and, you know, I've learned to ask different styles of questions and, and really sort of, I've, I've developed and really grown in, for lack of a better word, I've gotten better over time. So I wanted to bring her back and we've been trying to plan it for months, but the timing of this couldn't be better. I don't know why or how this worked out, but she arrived, I think a week and a half ago. Uh, we had our own schedule to do the podcast and the conversation was perfect for where we are right now. So background on Siobhan, she is a business advisor, a master coach, quantum energy thought leader, and the founder of Energetic Solutions, where she uses business principles combined with energetic techniques to help uh, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and leaders bring instant focus and shifts in their lives so they can create clarity, purpose, and and progress, really, for lack of a better word. You know, in this episode, we we talked a lot about how to reinvent yourself during these times, you know, like how to make sense of all this weirdness that's happening right now. Maybe it's an energetic weirdness that you just feel like you don't feel like you're really grounded in anything, in, in anything strong. And that's totally normal. I learned after this episode, you know, I learned a lot from Siobhan as we dove into her sort of perspectives on how this global pandemic came to be, the energetic opportunities of staying at home, you know, how to have a grieving process, you know, the importance of giving yourself the permission to feel, the importance of feeling and how that can energetically change your day to day, how to reinvent things that may feel stale or how to dive into new rituals and routines, the concept of surrender and acceptance. I mean, Really, this episode was so timely and so, so, so valuable for me. And I hope you guys take a lot away from it, too. No one has the answers in this crisis. No one knows why this is happening. But what we can do is we can control where we pay our attention. 
We can control the language we use to describe the world around us. We can refresh the lenses with which we see the world. And I think that this episode was just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful reframe for me to refresh those lenses, come into a sense of peace and calm so that I can take and 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 be uh, my best self throughout all of this chaos and in essence, make the most of this chaos to create something extraordinary for my life. And I hope you guys all take the same inspiration away to reinvent and find something positive in all of this and hopefully a few powerful tools to optimize your life for the better in this global pandemic. So I love you all. Thank you all for being here. Right now, actually, we are conducting a live Stay Grounded in Crisis Challenge inside of the Facebook group where I'm personally taking all of these lessons I'm learning from Siobhan, uh, different podcast guests that we've had on the show, different tools that I've sort of developed along the way, and putting them into a simple framework that you can implement to create more space, clarity, and safety, and power in your day-to-day throughout this global pandemic. So come join us in the live Facebook group. I'm teaching this right now. Uh, The videos are in there, so you can come join, be alongside a global community of people that are also sort of refreshing their lenses, refreshing their mental, physical, and emotional environments. So go to rajana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the Facebook group and be part of this conversation. And I said this in the beginning, but I hope you guys are really taking some time for yourselves. This is not a time to do more. This is not a time to run at a million miles an hour. This is a time to slow down. This is a time for you to allow yourself to be a human being. So create space and find love. And I hope today's episode with the brilliant Ms. Siobhan Moran helps you find peace throughout all of this madness. So without further ado, here is Siobhan. Enjoy. Yo, yo, welcome everyone to another episode of Stay Grounded. Wow, what a time to be alive and to have my dear friend Siobhan back. How are you, Siobhan? I'm awesome. Super grounded. <laughs> Super grounded. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, I actually was so excited when I realized that I was going to be talking to you today because I don't think there's selfishly a more important person for me to be around than mm-hmm. you, just your own personal skill sets, uh, uniqueness, and in uh, all of this. So I think it's really yeah. interesting that it took us a long time to reschedule the second one. And I was pondering this this morning thinking, hmm, divine timing. Yeah, I couldn't make this up. <laughs> like, like we couldn't make <laughs> this up, which is, I guess, part of all of this, right? Like we couldn't have made any of this up, whether it was you and I talking right now or the global epidemic that's impacting people the way it is. I mean, none of this could have been made up. Well, movies made it up. Movies made it up. All right. Well, that's interesting. Let's start there. What is? What does that mean? Well, okay. Our collective unconscious is filled with ideas and thoughts and worries and fears and anxieties. And as I teach my clients, these are important to deal with um, in your business, in your personal life, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially. Movies are really good outlets for people to have escapism. However, they tend to exaggerate or else we wouldn't be watching all of the movies that we watch. And so there are a lot of movies about pandemics and rampant virus and zombies and all of these really interesting things. And they've been going on in a while. 
for a while. And the fascinating thing is that unconscious attitude of those seeing those movies actually becomes somewhat like an energy virus of of its own. So let me back up. So I'm jumping into energy talk already. Energy is 99% of our world, and yet we treat it as if it's not existent. And we treat the physical as the, you know, 100% only thing. You know, we've got cells and biology, and we've got energy inside our bodies, and we're living in, inside of a sphere. And the interesting thing about watching a movie that goes toward the end is you play into that fear that the movie is trying to drive you into. And it will stick. You know, PTSD is a great example of things that stick. So energy is sticky. So, you know, I mean, we get to actually see it in movies, interestingly. Yeah, what's fascinating that you just described fear as almost the virus in ways, right? Because that's that's the energy that we can't see, yet it infects our hearts, it infects our minds, it infects our bodies, it infects the way we make decisions, it infects the people we talk to and why we talk to them. So in all of this, Society as an egoic structure may have led us to this point now, but in all of this, I guess, how does one begin to sort of take control or take the reins back into their own hands from this sort of mass hysteria that we've gotten ourselves into to more of a place of power? So the people who aren't freaking out and buying and hoarding toilet paper are going to actually, they're actually more of the people who aren't hoarding toilet paper, even though that's not what our collective is, is reporting in. Everyone, everyone is looking, well, not even media, just people in social, the world, the social world. They're just like, what the frick? And, but we're seeing the folks who are at the base and going, Oh, and then we're catching on the people who are more elevated and have done work. They're actually going to catch the virus of the people who are at the base unless they're doing work. So I just sent an email out today, I think this morning. I said, make sure you're talking to your coach. Make sure you're talking. If you don't have a coach, get a coach. Make sure you're talking to your mentors. Make sure you're listening to the tribe that is supporting and elevating you. Um, make sure you're talking to your therapist. Make sure you're in meditation. If you do meditation, amp it up. You now have time. Make sure to take care of your physical health even more so. Create a new ritual and limit yourself to a small amount of ingestion of that data. I have people all over the world. So I've actually been watching this for a month because I have clients in different circumstances all over the world. And I've just been watching and dealing with circumstances for a while longer than we have here in the United States. And it's fascinating to me to watch the ebb and flow, but more importantly, how we deal with it in our own world is if you have a business, this is, maybe we can talk about this later. This is a really opportune time. I mean, I'm, I'm helping all of my, um, we have mastermind groups and, you know, we have a school and such like that. I just immediately started reaching out and creating value for folks Yep. and really making sure everybody was shored up because I know how energy works. I know how energy flows. 
this is kind of like, yeah, okay. But most of society is living in a constant state of fear. Now we actually are going to have to deal with our own and our own psychology, our own energy, our own stuff, because now we're homebound. Yeah. Right? We're so isolated. we're going to really look inward and really start dealing with this stuff. And I think that people who don't have that support um, or aren't willing to reach out and ask for support are the people who um, are going to stay stuck longer. On that note, I guess I wanted to ask, like, so I feel like I've gone through a few stages. Like I had my, like my panic stage where I was like, what the heck's going on? I have to go get groceries. I have to do all this. I have to disinfect my place. I had all these things that were very reactive in nature. Then I had like my kind of resentful stage where I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like I had all these plans. We were just about to launch this thing. I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have prepared. And then I feel like now over the past few days, I've gotten to this sort of stage of almost like surrender because the chaos and the fear and all the anxiety was getting too much for me. And so like I kind of just surrendered to the fact that this is happening. It's not going anywhere. And I felt a sense of almost like calming peace. So what you're describing is the grieving process. Yeah. So the grieving process is denial, anger, resentment, acceptance. Yeah. Now, the challenge with acceptance is usually there's all kinds of other um, energy dilemmas that get stuffed that aren't truly dealt with. And the anger is the thing that you see most people really reacting from because most people are always in reaction. They are not proactive because I can see energy and, you know, I help clients with their companies using these gifts and skills and then teach them how to find them in their own way. I can see this all, you know, coming and happening and, and it's a pattern, it's a cycle, but we don't treat it as a cycle. We treat it as it's gonna, it's instant death. I'm going to die. Everything is gone. That's it. I have nothing. I will have nothing left. We go into the worst of the worst. We instantly hit the wall of the worst of the worst. Yeah. That leads to complete uselessness and saying, well, what's important? Nothing's worth it. And then we cycle back into the anger. So don't be surprised if you go through that grieving process again, multiple times over this what are they now calling it? Because uh, I call it, they were saying social distancing. I was like, let's stop calling I it social distancing. Let's call it, let's call it social conscientiousness, which is what we <laughs> should have been doing anyway. Yeah. Okay. People are waking up and they're going to do it. And some are going to learn. And they're going to carry it forward. But the energy part of it is you cannot capture, catch, have anything that you succumb to if you know how to deal with your energy right and get it at a frequency, I don't usually like using that word, but I think that's an easy word to use right now, that is above it. So say yeah. you're here and most people are going to be here below. If yours is here, you're not going to catch anything, one, as easily or too is long. So I'll give you an example. Um, we have a school for energy, uh, energy. It's called Energy Mastery and we have a school. And because these folks are out there working on people all over the world, 
they were one of the first people I got to because I was like, listen, you're going to be responsible for hundreds of thousands of people all over the world working on their energy. So let's sort this out and deal with this right now. I said, but first of all, we have to deal with you. Is yeah. it, have you got anything going on? La la la. A couple of people, sh- you know, said, hey, starting to feel. And so I showed them this way we teach in the school of elevating their mind and their frequency. And all of the three that reported they had, they were kind of feeling something. They were like, oh yeah, within an hour it was gone. A woman who was even out of the hospital uh, like two weeks early. Can you test it on me real quick? No, I, it's complicated. <laughs> oh, you're killing me, Siobhan. <laughs> I'm fix not me killing an hour. you, actually. <laughs> I'm not killing you, actually. I'm supporting you. So that very little phrase right there, during times like this, all of those little throwaway phrases are dangerous. You're mm. killing me. That's what my, uh, my aunt gal said yesterday. She said, it's crazy. And I was like, stop saying that. You may not say those mm. words around this time. Those little throwaway phrases. And I write about this and everything and all of the books about each throwaway phrase actually accelerates that virus energy. Forget the virus in the physical body, but the viral, uh, negative viral energy. Yeah. Okay. So it started with uh, the concept of acceptance, right? Because the frequency that I felt was peace or I guess a knowing and just that I actually don't have any real control over the situation. And I think I had a perceived false notion of control that I had created as a human being. And a business owner. Yeah. And as a business owner, right? Like, And so I think the acceptance allowed me to almost experience peace, which then turned into the freedom to act in an inspired and and, and almost almost like momentum-based way. And so is that how being at a higher vibrational frequency is supposed to feel like? It's supposed to feel like you're not necessarily wishing for anything different. You're sort of just riding the chaos in a way and allowing that to fuel you or like, are you supposed to feel stress in a high vibrational state? I guess in general, I'm just curious around like, what does that actually feel like so that I can personally, and maybe anyone even listening can aspirationally reach towards feeling those types of states on a day-to-day basis? Okay. So let's unpack that. There are really like 14 questions in there. Yeah, so let's unpack the one that is, that is critical. Are you supposed to feel stress, you know, when you're more at peace? If you don't feel some sort of friction, let's stop calling it stress for a second. If you don't feel some sort of friction, there's no growth. That's what the body is consistently always doing. It has to release in breath, going to the bathroom, et cetera. It has to release, right? It, it, It needs friction of some sort in order for there to be more life. Okay, so we do need that. So there's good stress and there's bad stress. There's good friction and there's bad friction. Good friction is you're moving toward a solution. Bad friction is you're in fear, worrying, anxiety, tension, stress, and desperation and complete deer in headlights and at the worst, thinking the worst possible thing. That's probably not most of your listeners, but maybe they know people who are like that. That's okay. But they're probably somewhere in between. And I always say, Start with 11 minutes of being angry. I dare you all to be angry for a solid container of only 11 minutes. It will change who you are, I promise, right? So take that. And then on the other side of that, you actually have an opportunity to feel more release and ease, 
right? And you're going to go through this over the next however long, you know, I'm going to say a couple of weeks just to be a, a, a significant optimist. I think it could be longer, but you know, I am an optimist. I deal with energy. I believe in miracles. I create miracles for yep. all of my folks. So you are going to go through periods, but you're going to have to learn new tools. So one of the things that we were talking about with the school, the all of the grads of the school is you have tools like nobody's business on the planet right now because now you can diffuse anything that's going on in you, around you, or for any of your people. And that is even more rapid in solution providing and being a creator and part of the light and bright that is going to diffuse the dark. Can you give me an example of a tool that one can use to resolve maybe a trigger that might come up from either a positive or negative form of stress? Well, the one I just gave you, the isolated 11 minutes, put your timer on and be like, okay, you're pissed, you're frustrated. You get a whole container of 11 minutes. I have yet to have anybody make it beyond five, but I have, I dare you all to try. And I've been doing this a while. So put it in a container, put it on your phone, give yourself 11 minutes and be like, I'm totally going to be pissed at this situation, this person, this circumstance, whatever's going on. And that container is just for the anger and the frustration and the angst and so on and so forth. On the other side of it, you will only come away, one, you'll be a little tired because you've been holding on too tight. (laughs) Two, you're going to be dehydrated. So you're going to need to drink more water. (laughs) And three, you're going to feel like, okay, I think I can do this. Yeah. It's almost like you're allowing that instead of resisting the emotion, you're allowing yourself to experience the emotion Mm -hmm. and in allowing that energy in motion, which is emotion to move through you, you're essentially allowing something else to replace it. Is that kind of the way? Well, basically, um, actually, we're actually, we're doing something different. So it's actually taking that, putting it it into a container and we're transmuting it. So you're alchemizing it into something Mm -hmm. better. Okay. Yeah. It's not a version of us doing anything other than allowing that container for 11 minutes to be the container. You said the word allowing. I use the word surrender. I mean, these are all different ways of just saying be with what's happening, right? Okay, so there's a challenge with surrender though, Raj. Okay. Um, the fascinating thing about most people in surrender, and I write about this in my Learn to Meditate book, we have as a, as a society, surrender means give oneself over to. And that's dangerous. So most people don't want to surrender. And it's actually, I can see that point. That makes complete sense. But allowing gives, it opens a window and a breath of fresh air to say, okay, I'm willing to allow, I'm willing to allow. Yeah, I can be willing to allow that. But surrender says, I have to totally give over. And then Mm. I am at the expense of, Mm. right? And... You know, surrender is a dangerous proposition for most people. I love the reframe there. And I love how intentional you are with the words you use, because it almost comes from a place of, of choice. Like you're, you're really exercising your God-given right as a human being to choose the words that are going to create a sense of, of higher vibration or safety or even just a feeling of power. I love the word allowing. I'm actually going to totally use that moving forward because I do really appreciate the idea of I'm going to allow this in my life 
which does give me a perceived sense of control over something. doesn't matter if it's as small as my anger or as big as a chaotic situation in business, but really the allowance is freedom. Oh, I love that. That makes me feel even more peaceful just knowing that that's a perceived, like I can, I can use that in the lens. Now, is allowing the sort of where we're all heading as a group, like, is that the, like the breaking point? Because I think we, we, I wanted to kind of really, I don't know if you answered all 14 of the questions I threw at you around acceptance. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to go back to that acceptance piece because does acceptance create the space or the container for allowance? Depends. Depends upon the person and it depends upon where they are physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, financially. Okay. If you're in a weird financial position, it's not going to be the same. It's really fascinating. It's really, I have a client who is in the event business, in the big event business. No. Yeah. (laughs) Every single one. And I was like, wow, I'm really good. And we got to reinvent. And fortunately, we've, we've reinvented two things for her. On We've been in the process of, you know, kind of hunkering down on it. Now it's just like, okay, well, that's our reinvention. But she lost 90% of her income yeah. in two weeks. So it's really about, okay, that changes the whole paradigm of somebody getting to accept it. You know, that's somebody that we're in high conversation with. She's working with me one-on-one. And the cool and the really interesting thing about it is she just put about 150 grand into redoing her house. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, talk about everything all at once. And it took us a day and a half to get her to a place of like, I think I can do this. I got this. So we actually have three action things. One's already working in her favor. The other one's starting to work in her favor. And the other one we're working on and getting it out there. But that's somebody who we've taken through a lot of cycles of really cleaning up their negativity, their funky psychology, and their funky energy. Because all of us are drawn to drama or else we wouldn't love movies, right? So that can't allow the allowing, right? as easily. So are we all going to be in the allowing? We're going to have to be at some point because we don't have a choice. Yeah. Or acceptance. Yeah. I really appreciate the distinction between different situational circumstances and and all of us. I mean, I know if I was in someone else's situational circumstance, I would have a tougher time getting there. Are there things you've seen across all the different clients um, that has been a universal sort of truth or understanding that has allowed them to get to that point quicker, no matter where the circumstance is. Like, what are like the, like, I guess if there was something that kind of connected them all, like, all right, this is one thing that allowed them to move to that state of more choice and power in a quicker manner. Have you, have you seen anything? Yeah, it's kind of, we deal with the finances and the financial energy and financial psychology in them, in their family unit, meaning parents and their existing family unit, and then in their business and the team, right? So that's where we start. Then we work from a health because as soon as you have the, sh- the health shored up, the money and the health play a better role. And then we can start playing into the other stuff. So that's why I deal with physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, relational, financial. We start with the financial. 
like I was talking with a, a new client yesterday and they're in a very unique industry. And I was saying, well, what do you want? And he says, well, in order to do anything, I'm going to have to have profit. I'm like, you're my guy. That's it. I'll help you. That's good. I want to do that. While we do the financial, that allows us to actually deal with all of the inner other icky psychology and energy with so much more ease and freedom rather than always trying to find the money. Well, money is a f- fantastic mirror. I mean, I feel like once you, I mean, our insecurities with money are almost foreshadowing for insecurity. Do, do you believe that? Like the insecurities you feel with money are almost like a common sort of thread for the insecurities you may feel in other areas of your life? Not necessarily, but I'm going to say that if you have a health, so one of the things we talk about is if you have a health challenge, you have a money challenge. If you have a money challenge, you have a health challenge. Wow. Okay. Always, 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 always. It's no matter how many, I've tried to prove this thing wrong. And no matter how many times I've tried over all of the course of looking at all the clients, it goes hand in hand. And then really? on top of that is um, your spiritual connection. So if those three, that trifecta of three are working more together and it takes a bit for them to work together really, 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 really well and really be on the edge and take steps forward and, and, you know, lead the charge. But the spiritual part has to be whatever your own spirituality is. It just has to grow and improve. And that's just a, a result of the money. And what does growing and improving your spirituality mean? Does that mean trusting? in whatever spiritual practice you have? Like, what does that mean? Yeah, interesting question. I would say it's... So I've, I've had monks, nuns, rabbis, people who are all of those different... You know, see all kinds of you know, leaders in those worlds. And the really interesting thing is when we clean up their energetics... So I always work from the energetic perspective for those folks more instantly. When we clean up the energetics, it allows their spiritual practices to be that much more deep and profound and resonant and they get more aligned and intuitive and etc. It doesn't always translate into money. So then we have to hop to the money thing. And then we have to talk have to talk, you know, have to uh, work on the physical thing. So all those three sort of tie in, you've seen that. So the money and the health, at least those two in particular. Always, 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 always. Mm-hmm. What, what is the resonant sort of frequency between those two energy fields of energy? Like, why do you think that, I mean, I've noticed this in my, and I've heard this not just from you, but like in people writing, I remember reading The Miracle Morning a long time ago, Hal Elrod talked about how the second he started running, and getting himself back in shape, he was able to start taking actions that allowed him to fix his money problem. And I've heard these stories inadvertently, people getting in shape and then the money sort of following or maybe them having the clarity and the, uh, the, maybe their bodies feel good enough to then act in a certain way that clears up the money problems. Like, What is the connection between taking care of your body and fixing your finances? So all we have at any given time is that we have this container that has blood and cells and, you know, air and water and tissues and, you know, all of these organs and stuff like that. And you go back to ancient times and, and it has many different facets of inflow and outflow of energy. Some people call them chakras. We call them substratas. We'll say this container is a representation of 
what we can create, how we think, how we uh, create, how we interact, etc. So there's a great saying that says, always be in care of the temple. It's slightly, I say it's like that. It's slightly different than that. But you want to make sure this is the temple because this is the only thing you got. If yeah. you're not taking care of this, everything else is go- can only come secondarily, right? And running, they've done this study. I remember years ago, um, uh, some uh, d- dear friend of mine at the time was a uh, uh, big-time trainer for all of the Hollywood celebrities. And he showed me this study about you know people who run tend to be able to prosper more easily. And I started doing, I started doing a study on the energy of it. And I realized it's because it forces the old to be pushed out, but yeah. it only works so well. That's the key thing. It only works so well. So that's why the energy thing is absolutely essential because after all of those have hit their, hit their limit, the energy is the thing that absolutely needs to be addressed. And really interesting time right, that we're in right now. It's like, oh, everybody's going to have to deal with their energy. Yeah. <laughs> So really the, the logic is it's circulating energy throughout your body. It's making your body release old, stale, toxic, negative, icky, junky energy more rapidly. Like chi, right? Like that's the, that's the, is that the idea behind chi and qigong? It's the concept of moving, you know, qigong or, you know, tai chi or, you know, acupuncture or something like that. So we just, you know, with the school, we just do it without needles. And without touch. Yeah. And yeah. we work from a different perspective yeah. so that we clean that out of somebody's system. So that what happens is all of a sudden their health improves and their money improves and their uh, spirituality improves and their relationships improve all together yeah. as opposed to one at a time. That's powerful, super powerful, and very important reminder to take care of the temple. I didn't recognize that there, and I, I guess I always knew intuitively, like I was like, if I'm healthier, I feel better. I can work more. If I'm alive longer, compound interest means I'll make more money. Like, yeah. I guess like intuitively, <laughs> I've always kind of thought and understood that, but really a lot of power in calling it out in this very moment. Because I think there are a lot of people that may have been neglecting their health or have been, or have been not taking it as seriously as they should, which is... Now, uh, just an interesting predicament because in isolation, all we have is ourselves. So we're forced to deal and face. I was at, uh, they have my tennis club open and because we're not going to be six, you know, we're more than six feet apart from each other at yeah. <laughs> So That's a good point. I should have, probably go try playing some tennis. I didn't even realize I know, right? I, yeah. I was like, I hope they're open. So they're open. And I, I went to get some new balls before they closed the store the other day. And I heard the guys say, well, I can't watch sports. I can't do this. Like all the things, whatever. He listed off all these things. And, and he says, well, now I'm just eating. And I, I just took everything in me not to turn my head around the corner and be like, okay. I, and really insert myself into that conversation. But so we have two ways to go at this time. We have, we're going to eat more because now we've stocked up our pantry, yeah. right? We're going to deal with our stuff and we're going to really take care of our health. So we actually have two ways to go. We're either going to be way heavier or we're going to be way more fit. Which do you choose? <laughs> yeah. What are the, um, I guess, common commonalities of people that 
have gotten to a point where they are embracing this now and really kind of embracing it for what it is? Like, are there any common maybe phrases or languages that you've seen them use or maybe a a certain practice or an attitude that they're approaching this with or maybe even a the willingness or a willingness to do or say or are there any sort of trends you're seeing across people that are truly now embracing this for what it is? I have a client. It, when you asked that question, it reminded me of this one client. Now, this is a pretty impossible circumstance. She has a CMO job of a very big company and she has her own agency. <laughs> it is a big agency simultaneously. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> right? Wow. No kidding. Right. And she is one of our instructors. She wanted to be an instructor of ours too. I was like, like all right, go girl. And the really interesting thing that she has been able to handle is she can handle volumes of information and data inward and outward and does systems and, and triage and all this stuff with the PR and have time for herself and travel and do all the things more than ever with ease and flow, quick, do, done, next, quick, you know, really the decision-making and the creativity is exponential. So that's a, that's a client example. Another example would be um, two in the business world. One is Ray Dalio of, um, yeah, I don't Bridgewater. remember what his, yeah, Bridgewater, thank you. And he meditates a lot and he does, you know, he does a lot of mindset stuff. And he's usually not uh, what I call a dastardly speaker or thinker. The other day, I was like, oh, he did dastardly speaking. Ooh, he needs to probably dive into his meditation a little bit more because he got into the depths of what I've never really seen him do. Warren Buffett hasn't gone into the depths of that. He's like, now's the time. Now's the time when some really good opportunities are going to show up. Are you ready? And then you've got, then you look at somebody who's really done well, who did well with it before he left the planet was Steve Jobs. You know, it was a lot of working with all of the facets, except the physical, he didn't do so well, right? He did the other facets really well. And he was able to create a sustainable brand that, you know, everybody were using today. So it's almost the, the, really the basic practices that maybe we've just forgotten in a way. Like I feel like, and something I'm starting to recognize and realize is that I am in this climate being forced to double down on practices that I may have just not done or neglected. Like I used to be, like I meditate, but not as often or as regular as I'd like. I have certain practices that I was engaging in that really weren't productive towards a state or a place I'm in now. So it's almost like, it sounds like the commonality is returning back to the basics of taking care of your mind, taking care of your body taking care of your, your, your spirit or your soul and engaging in, in activities that are going to maximize the flow of energy throughout your body so that you can be as clear, as decisive, and as absent of fear as you can be to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of you. Is that a fair sum up? I would say... Mostly. So rather than getting back to the basics, I would say, pretend like you're starting from a brand new platform. I like that. Yeah. Right. Pretend like you're starting fresh and you have a whole new ritual and routine and opportunity to create from now. 
as to who you are now. We're going to have a couple of weeks of this, so you might as well get into this whole new routine in a very different way. So I usually take a, um, I'll give you an example. I usually take a four-mile walk every day. Because I've had so many folks to take care of over the past couple weeks, it's been a couple of days since I've had a walk, and I was like, oh my God, I have to get my walk today. So today, you know, I did six. So I added a little bit more. And of course, then, you know, just because I didn't take walks the day before doesn't mean that I wasn't doing something. So you can't let one thing go at any given time. It's just like, if you are going to do something physical, make sure there's every day of physical. If you're going to do something mental, make sure there's a, something that you're reading, listening to. You're, you're diving deep into your own upliftment now. Because whatever you do now is going to help you on the other side. So when we do retreats and, and we do events, I am like, well, we're going to we're gonna release as much junky energy out of your system. We're going to pack all kinds of new stuff. So you could like kind of go and do whatever you're going to do for the next three months, even if you kind of fall off the wagon. And you're going to be awesome. And now's the time to really shore those things up. Shore up your adrenals. Shore up the way you eat. Uh, actually eat less, drink more water, reset who you are as a being and say, okay, if I were to be my optimal being, who would I like to live and breathe and eat and interact like and with? All right, let's create that ritual and routine now, now that I have the time. Mm, uh, you know what? You actually answered pretty much all of my questions, all 14 <laughs> of those with that one, because I realized that what I was trying to understand was for me, acceptance gave me the power to sort of let go of the past and let go of what I wish I wanted, or just let me let go and start fresh. And that's what it was. I, I, I think that's what gave me that freedom. I think when I said freedom, I, I even felt like the, the shackles sort of fall off of me because I was like, all right, I don't have to worry about all those things that I was worrying about. I don't have to commit to those meetings that I had was supposed to have. I don't have to commit to anything. I can actually start from scratch and just build on a blank canvas. And I think that's what you, you answered it. Yeah. That, I think that's what acceptance allowed me to feel. It wasn't actually accepting the situation as it was. It was letting go of the past or anything that was born from the past and just living in presence. And the cool part about that, Raj, is if you have a business, now's the time to reinvent like nobody's, nobody's business. Because, yeah. you know, like the woman who has the, this event, I was like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just throw a slew of ideas at you. And one of these is going to work because I can create like nobody's business. And one of them will. One of them's already starting to really... Uh, starting to really gel into what it's going to become next because things won't be exactly the same as they were for quite a while. No. And I think that's, well, that's, that's what's so beautiful about the blank slate, right? You know, I mean, I don't, I've never faced anything like this. Have you ever faced anything even remotely close to this? Well, I don't know if it's remotely close, but the reason I do what I do is after helping a bunch of companies get big and sold, I got sick, misdiagnosed and nearly died. And I had blood poison. And so that's like a big bad virus that is just rampant in your system and is very dangerous. And had I not gone to the hospital when I went to the hospital, I wouldn't be here. But it really cleaned the slate 
the second time, because the first time was when my first husband uh, died suddenly. And then two years later, my own near death. And it was like, okay, if there's anything else that needs to be cleaned up, this total slate cleaned, we're done. That's it. Start all over now. Yeah. And I guess I have a different question for you, which is maybe a one that I've been challenged with. So I get the letting go and starting fresh thing, but what about fears or things related to maybe loved ones being hurt or the suffering that may come for somebody in your life? I think what's been the hardest thing for me to sort of jump over into the state of pure, radical, unapologetic acceptance and really starting fresh is it's been tough for me to kind of get over that hump. So do you have any advice or any perspectives to share around something like that? There are two. One, so I have a charity and we have it wasn't until today, but we have 300 people to feed here just in my part of the charity, right? Yeah. Not, we have people all over. I was very upset. I'm like, I can't even freaking get bread <laughs> for these people. This is nuts. So we finally came up with some solutions. And so my point for that is if you're feeling worried about somebody else, go feed or find a way to feed or help or serve somebody else. Right? If you're feeling worried about family, I get that you need to care for family. Um, but sometimes they're not always really accepting <laughs> being cared for, right? So that's one way, that's an avenue. That's an outlet of energy and compassion and heart and love. So start with that. And then as far as family. So here's this really interesting thing. If you have, I, I remember telling this client of mine who had two boys in some war. I don't remember what war it was at the time, but And I said, listen, every time you're sending worried energy to them, you're making them have more more hurdles to overcome because Mm. they can feel your worried energy even though you're thousands of miles away. So let's just say, you know, I think we said God bless you or Buddha bless you. I don't remember which one. Anyway, whatever her religion was. I said, let's just say that anytime you have some concern for them, right? And then yes, use this cord cutting technique. I'll give you a link to that later for your show notes, this cord cord cutting thing. So you don't keep sending that worried energy to them. Yeah, They're going to make their own choices and they're going to be and eat and think how they're going to be and eat and think. And the best you can do is just send love and compassion and be there to the best of your ability and really know that you've done everything you possibly can. To me, that is a better use for the word surrender. To me, is surrender and cutting the cord. That is almost a more appropriate use of that word to truly just surrender any control you have over their choices, what they're going to do, and just love. There's this phrase that we have. <laughs> they actually they made T-shirts out of my team made T-shirts called uh, I call it own whatever, own whatever you're going to do your thing, own whatever next. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> oh, whatever. It's okay. <laughs> oh, whatever. There's a lot of joy in oh, whatever. I, I, like really? the free, I like the freeing nature of it. It's, and this isn't, these aren't easy times by any means. No. And I think there's something, and I, anybody listening, I don't want to paint the idea that really I have anything figured out. And I don't know if Siobhan has tools, but she's also dealing with her own stuff. And I think it's important to remember that 
we're all on this journey together. We're all facing a global enemy. But letting go of the past gives us the speed of implementation that can allow us to make the most of the present. I just think we have opportunities to connect in ways that maybe we don't normally connect. I think we have a way to reinvent a whole bunch of things that we might not have otherwise reinvented. And then on the plus side, um, I live in Southern California and the air pollution is like nil. It's kind of cool. (laughs) So there are some weird pluses and a lot of other weirdness, but do everything you can. My thought is do everything you can to be compassionate, caring, serving, and giving. I got a question, actually. I got one more question before I, I wrap this up. But I, what about people who feel guilty for being positive during this time? Like there's a guilt about like having so much or there's a guilt about not worrying. I, I know that I've experienced friends in my circle who have used the word guilt. Like they feel guilty for something in this, whether it's having too much or having more than others or guilt for maybe not being as sad or as worried as someone else. So like, do you have any perspectives on just the idea of guilt in a time like this? Well, if somebody's feeling guilty, the first thing they need to go and do is feed, you know, 300 people. <laughs> I mean, uh, really, that's, if you feel guilty that you have more than somebody else, then go feed people, go, you know, donate it is the greatest help and neutralizer of all. If you're and then on the other side, if you have guilt, uh, please get somebody to help you work through that because there's something underlying emotionally and psychologically, uh, mentally and unconsciously and energetically that is crying out to be dealt with. Yeah. Right. Guilt isn't a bad thing. Um, I have a client who's very well off and doesn't need to worry about stuff. And she's like, I worry because I don't want, I'm, I should, because I think I should worry. And I was like, okay, that's really fascinating. Let's create this whole other paradigm. What we've done is we've helped her be, oh my God, create this whole mechanism of service. And yes, she does get income from it, but is a whole mechanism of service for this great big tribe of women. And it's amazing because it really changes that energy for her and her family, right? So be of service if you have guilt. I love that. Anytime you're in your dumb, stupid head, go serve somebody. <laughs> go feed somebody. Go, go feed 300 people. That's, That's right. it. That's it. I love <laughs> That's it. Thing. Well, I'm, I've got 300 people on my head because we have 300 people to serve by Saturday. And I'm like, okay, I think we have the food now. <laughs> Siobhan, uh, one, I love you. You are amazing. And I'm really grateful that we the universe planted this call now during this time. Um, Boy, right? <laughs> and yeah, just, I can't, like I said, you can't make this up. You mentioned a lot of tools, resources, your school. If anybody wanted to maybe reach out and learn more about some of the tools that you do offer, where can they go to do that? A couple ways. So I'll try to be super slow and, and methodical about this. My name is Siobhan Moran, S-H-E-E. V-A-U-N-M-O-R-A-N. And then you put .com after that. Um, Go there. That's the business building energy stuff for businesses. uh, People who are looking for that kind of work. And for the school, it's energymastery.com. E-N-E-R-G-Y-M-A-S-T-E-R-Y.com. We're actually doing a challenge for everybody to boost their immune system. The next, Mm. I think, later today. 
And our charity is createabrightlife.org. We're in seven states. Mm. Uh, we have a lot of people to help. And um, what else can I give you? Oh, and the cord cutting things, I'm going to give Raj the, yeah. a couple of the other things for the other tools because those are going to be, I think, essential for everyone. Yeah, I'm grateful for that. We will make, and anybody who's frantically writing down stuff, we will make these available in the show notes. Do not worry. These are for you in these trying times. Siobhan, I have one last question for you in the midst of all of this and all the people you're serving and everyone around you. How do you stay grounded? Boy, walk, meditate, yoga. I have a shake machine, those little those shake plates. I love my shake plate. <laughs> I weirdly love my shake plate. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I eat healthier than probably anybody you've ever met. <laughs> the stuff at the stores that I eat is not going away <laughs> because hardly anybody eats it. <laughs> um, so that's kind of cool. And service. You know, a big one of my big things is what can I do to be of service? If you need help and you need somebody to talk to, reach out to me. I want to help. I am. That is my greatest grounding thing ever is be of service. Uh, I'm going to say I love you again. I love you again. Um, you are amazing. And I'm, like I said, I'm just grateful that we got to have this conversation now. And I hope everyone listening found this helpful. But that is a wrap for this week's episode of Stay Ground. I'm your host, Raj. This is your new friend or old friend, Siobhan. I'm not sure how to do the, the two-time guest uh, <laughs> thing yet, but you are you are our friend, Siobhan. And from us, stay grounded. We'll chat soon. Thanks for joining us today on this episode of Stay Grounded. I hope you found this interview helpful as you create your own ways to live an extraordinary life. For more resources and support, please visit www.rajjana.com forward slash stay grounded to join the official Stay Grounded Facebook group, a place where aspiring life enthusiasts can connect and ignite passion for life together. My hope is that the positivity, content, resources, and support in this group will resonate with you on a deeper level. That what you hear in our podcast, read in our thoughtful posts, or learn in our courses will empower you to live with intention, uncover true purpose, and challenge the internal dialogues that stop you from being who you really want to be in your life. Again, thanks so much for joining us. Stay grounded.